Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, and whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. Today, what I wanted to talk about was the uh, case of Alfie Evans. I think most people by now have heard of little Alfie. He was, uh, he was due to turn two years old next month in May. However, unfortunately, he recently died just a few days ago. And what happened was when he was only about six months old, he was having health issues. He was taken to a hospital. His little boy lived in England. His parents took him to a hospital, uh, Alder Hay Children's Hospital. And basically, he had a number of problems, and he had to live off a ventilator. He had, to, uh, he had various medical problems, but they really didn't know exactly what was wrong with him. They couldn't really determine that. And this was back in December 2016, I think it was. About a year later, the hospital decided to, that they were going to take him off of the ventilator, take him off of life support, and allow him to die. And they said, really, basically, there's nothing they could do for him, so they're going to go ahead and allow him to die. Well, the parents, not surprisingly, did not want this. They wanted little Alfie to live, and they actually had a hospital in Italy that was willing to take him on and willing to have him on life support for much longer. And so then ensued a battle between the hospital and the parents of, of Alfie Evans of whether or not the parents would be allowed to take little Alfie out of the hospital. In the end, they were not allowed to do so. Uh, different courts decide, in England decided that they were not allowed to take him out. They took him off, the hospital took him off the ventilator, off the uh, life support, and ultimately, uh, little Alfie, although he survived much longer than the hospital predicted he would, he did die after about five or six days which was just a few days ago. Now, this got a lot of coverage in the world. Now, of course, a lot of media outlets, uh, including social media outlets like Twitter, tried to tone it down and, and not advertise what was going on. But it caused a huge controversy because it really brings up a lot of different points, and I want to address each one of them. It brings up uh, end-of-life decisions, medical decisions, what we do in certain situations when somebody's uh, possibly facing death, has to live on medical uh, support, also, it brings up the topic of parental rights, what, what rights do parents have when it comes to their own children. It brings up government control, government control of health care, and also brings up the role of the church because this is a Catholic family. The Pope got involved, and the response of the U.K. bishops was, was let, we'll just say, interesting for now. So let's go through each one of those one by one. First is end-of-life issues. Okay, the first and number one rule we have to remember is you cannot take away food and water from somebody. And that's just a basic rule of life. So for example, as a parent, let's say I don't want to feed my, uh, my one-year-old anymore. Well, that would be immoral. Everybody would agree it would be immoral. Even though the one-year-old can't support themselves, he has a right to that food, to water, and he has a right to have somebody to take care of him. And so I would be justly accused of murder if I were not to feed a child of mine who was only maybe one year old. And likewise, somebody in a hospital who is receiving food and water, you cannot take that food and water away from them, even if they're unable to feed themselves. You know, not being able to feed yourself is not a criteria for not being allowed to have food or not being human or something like that. And so you cannot never take away food or water from somebody. Now, what about machines like a ventilator or something like that that keeps somebody breathing, giving them oxygen? Well, this isn't quite as clear-cut. I think it does depend, I know it does depend upon the situation, and the church makes this clear as well. Because, for example, let's talk about a ventilator that helps somebody to breathe. Let's say you're a 93-year-old person 
who is already dying, has a lot of things going wrong with them, and a ventilator is needed to help you breathe. It's not necessary in that situation to have the person have a ventilator. It, doesn't, it wouldn't be immoral to uh, not have the person have the ventilator in that situation because of the fact that the person is already dying or simply prolonging the life in a situation in which it's already ending. Now take another example. An 18-year-old gets in a car accident and needs a ventilator to continue breathing on a temporary basis, maybe for a few months. To take away that ventilator in that situation is horrible because really it's not a permanent thing. It's not um, the, the person is alive in many ways and healthy in many other ways. And so you wouldn't take away a ventilator in that situation. That's why in most cases outside of food and water, we don't make blanket statements about the fact that, oh, you can never do this. You can never do this. It really does depend on the situation. Well, what about little Alfie? Well, he didn't need a machine to live. Uh, the hospital in Italy acknowledged that as well. They were willing to allow him to continue to live on, on the machine. But the fact is, he was less than two years old, and so he had a whole potential life in front of him. And also, it's, this hasn't been said that much, but there wasn't a clear-cut diagnosis of what was wrong with Alfie. And so because of that, it seems to me to be inhuman to take away his life support when you're not even sure what it is that's wrong with him. Until at least you know what is going on here, you should keep him on life support. That just seems to be common sense. Now, but let's move to the more important point, what I think is the most important point in this situation, which is the issue of parental rights. If the hospital did decide to take Alfie off of life support, that is their right. If they believe there's no purpose to it, they can do that if they want to. And that's not necessarily wrong on their part to do that. If they, in their medical opinion, this is in the best interest of the child. The problem is though, who is the ultimate determiner of what is the best interest of the, interest of the child? Well, the parents, of course. They're the ones who care and love for the child. They are the number one advocates for the child. So if they want, if the hospital says, listen, we have to take Alfie off of life support. And the parents say, well, we want to take him to another hospital. They should have every right to do so in every situation. I can't even think of one where the parents wouldn't, shouldn't be allowed to do that. It's just ludicrous to think that the hospital should be able to decide over the parents. I will admit I am a radical defender of parental rights. I think there needs to be a clear-cut case of abuse before you would ever take rights away from a parent over their child. If, for example, parent one did not even school their children, didn't even want to put them in any, not, even, not just not homeschooling, but no schooling at all, I think a parent should be allowed to do that. I think once you cross that line to say that people outside the, the family, especially a government agency, has more rights to the child than the parent, I think you've gone down a very fast slippery slope that causes all kinds of problems, problems that we see today with cases like Alfie Evans. And so I would say if a parent wants to give their child different treatment than the hospital wants and they're able to do so, you know, there's another hospital available, whatever, then they should be allowed to do so. And in this case, there clearly was. There was a situation, you know, the, the Italian hospital was willing to take them in. Italy even granted a little Alfie uh, Italian citizenship so there be, they could bring him over. Uh, you know, all these things happen, and all the hospital had to do was just say, okay, our advice was that you should take him off life support and let him die, but obviously he's your kid. You can do what you want to with him to, to try to save his life, to try to take care of him. I mean, that seems to be so clear-cut. I think that's why so many people were outraged because of the fact that it was clear-cut. And there should have been no debate on whether or not the, the, the parents should be able to take Alfie to another hospital if they wanted to. 
And so I think that's probably the biggest point is, in, is the parental rights. The parents should be allowed to give their child the care that they, that they think the child deserves and needs. Okay, the third point I want to bring up, I brought up already uh, end-of-life issues, health issues, uh, parental rights. Now just the issue of government control. I think we see very clearly the slippery slope we've fallen into when the government has gotten more and more involved in health care. Now, I know there was a little bit of debate I saw where people were saying, oh, you in the United States, you don't understand here in the UK, the government's not really involved in this. And the reason is more semantics than anything. They consider what we call government, we consider everybody who's in charge, you know, the, the judiciary, the executive branch, um, and the legislative branch, they're all quote-unquote government. In England, I, I guess, it's more the administration side is government, whereas the judicial side isn't called government. And it was really the judicial side that was deciding these things. They're like, oh, the government's not involved. Well, that's semantics. The government was involved. Here's my way of knowing if the government's involved. And I said this on Twitter. And by the way, you should uh, follow me on Twitter, Eric R. Sammons, at Eric R. Sammons. Uh, and you can you know, see a lot of different things I'm tweeting about different times. But I said... Here's, your, here's how you know if a government's involved in something. If the police are protecting the murderer instead of the victim, then you know the government's involved. Because in this case, the hospital is allowing this little child to be murdered by not doing by, by just keeping him there. They're basically committing at very least manslaughter. And normally the police would be trying to stop such an activity, but in this case the police was stopping, were stopping those who were trying to prevent the murder of little Alfie Evans. And so that's how you know the government's involved. But really, the fact is, is that we see that this is how the government's gotten more and more involved in all these decisions. First, in our country, for example, government got involved in insurance, saying that, oh, a, per, a, an employer has to offer a certain level of health insurance. What was always a benefit in the past, you know, health insurance, a, a, an employer shouldn't be required to offer, offer health insurance. Hey, if you don't want to offer it, fine. People can decide whether or not to work there or not. The government said, now you have to provide health, health insurance. Same thing with Medicaid and Medicare and issues like that. They got involved in the paying of medical bills. Well, once they're involved in paying, helping pay for medical bills, they're going to be involved in the health care itself. And so what happens is they start to control it. I mean, I know Sarah Palin got laughed at years ago because she talked about the death panels. Well, the fact of the matter is here we have it. We have a case where the government decides whether or not a person is deserving of medical care. I think if a person can afford the medical care, if, they're, if a hospital is willing to give it, then obviously they should be allowed to do it, no matter what the government says. And in fact, I've gotten out of the health, I wrote an article a couple weeks ago about how I got out of the health insurance system in our country. I don't have health insurance. I use something called Samaritan Ministries, and it's a health sharing network where Christians get together and basically we share the cost. So when I have a medical bill, I will um, submit it to them and have other people in the network pay for it. And I help pay for the, the cost of others. You can look that up on my uh, website, ericsammons.com, an article about Samaritan Ministries. But that's just a little way that I can get out of this system. I'm not saying it's going to protect me one day if, if I ever fall into the hospital system and the government says I, I should, don't deserve to live. But it, it's a little way that I can be outside of that system. And so you see how... When government gets involved in something, they almost always destroy it. They almost because they crave power, they crave being in charge, and so they can't handle the idea that that maybe giving those rights of to parents to say what's best for their child. They want to make sure they say no. We know what's best. You know, it becomes a very elitist attitude. Once people get power, 
they very quickly fall into an elitist attitude that they know what's best. And we see that, that very clearly in this situation where they said, we know what's best for Alfie Evans, not the person or people who love them, him the most. And so I think that's a real problem. And then the last thing I want to talk about is the role of the church in this situation. Little Alfie was Catholic. He was baptized a Catholic. By the way, because he was a baptized Catholic, he didn't reach the age of reason. He guaranteed he, guaranteed he went straight to heaven when he died. And so anybody asked, saying that we should pray for Alfie Evans is actually mistaken. We should ask him to pray for us. Obviously, we should pray for his family and all those involved. But one thing that was incredibly disappointing about the Alfie Evans situation is the lack of response from the Catholic Church in the UK. The bishops initially came out with a very uh, uh, lukewarm statement that basically didn't take a side, just said, oh, yeah, we're praying for everybody involved. Everybody's got the best interest in heart. They refused to come out in a stand against the hospital or against the government in this situation. And in the end, and even the Bishop of Liverpool, which is the ordinary of the area where the hospital was, he even basically came out in support of the hospital and said they did all they could. And this is just terribly disheartening because, I mean, the Catholic Church, one of its reasons to exist is to proclaim the gospel, proclaim the gospel of life, and to say that human life has dignity. It's worth saving. It's worth doing something to try to save this little child. And this little child does have a right to live. So it was very incredibly disappointing. Now, I will say Pope Francis did a great job. He made it very clear that uh, Alfie Evans should have been allowed to be transferred to Italy. He did all that he could to do that. Now, some could argue that he could have done more, but I just say I was very thankful to Pope Francis for doing that. In fact, I thought it was a little bit ironic, the fact that, you know, for the past few years, we've been told by liberal Catholics that we have to listen and obey to every single word that Pope Francis says, no matter if it's a tweet, an interview in an airplane, or if he says it in passing to a stranger, it's dogma and it's infallible. That's what we've been told. Well, now all of a sudden, Pope Francis says something they don't really like. So if somebody, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, you know, we don't really have to listen or that's not really what he meant. I mean, I saw it like Austin Evervey, who was one of the biggest uh, Pope Francis fans and thinks he can never do anything wrong. He was defending the hospital in this situation and saying that, you know, it was wrong of us Americans to be against uh, taking the life of Alfie Evans. Yet Pope Francis was very clear on this one. So I thought that was ironic that all of a sudden his biggest, Pope Francis' biggest fans weren't willing to listen to him on this. I think next time when they tell us we have to listen to every single word he says, no matter what the context is, I think we should remind him of this, of this case. But what frustrates me, though, about the fact that the church in the UK did nothing you know, we're lose is the fact that we're losing the culture war. I mean, we we should know if you've been alive for more than twenty years, you know we're losing the culture war, and I understand that that happens. You know, Satan has a lot of power. People are you know working against it. Have always been working against the church and our and our message. I get that. What frustrates me to no end is the fact that we're losing the culture war by forfeit. We're not even trying to fight against it. So when something like this happens, like the Alfie Evans case happens. The church leaders in the UK did nothing to help save that life. I mean, one of the great things about celibacy for, for clerics is the fact that they don't have any attachments to this world. They can make sacrifices. Imagine what would happen. I saw somebody say this on Twitter. Imagine what would happen if the local bishop, the Bishop of Liverpool, had gone in the hospital, simply walked into Alfie Evans' room, picked him up, took him out, and put him into a, an ambulance to take him to Italy or airplane to take him to Italy. What would have happened then? Can you imagine the, the uproar? I mean, were the police going to stop him? And if they did, well, that'd even be better because, I mean, that wouldn't be better, but it would be an awesome witness. So somebody said, if that happened, 
you would have converted more people through that one action than all the different letters and, and, and statements and, and speeches they make just by simply doing that one action because it would show how important it is. And what's a bishop got to lose? He's celibate. He doesn't have a family support. If he dies a martyr, he goes straight to heaven. So I, I just... That, that's what's so frustrating is the fact that so many church leaders did nothing in this case. Again, props to Pope Francis. USCCB also came out in a statement in support, although I wonder if that happened in America, would they have still done that? But they did, so let's give them credit for that. Well, I think I'm going to wrap it up there, but I do think this Alfie Evans case was uh, quite an interesting one in our, in our culture wars because it touched on so many different aspects of our lives. But just end it, let's just end it with the fact that you know, let's ask Alfie Evans to pray for us that the culture of life might be uh, improved and strengthened in our life, in, in our culture, in our world. And also pray for those who were involved in this, who allowed this to happen. They have an incredible burden on their souls right now. And let's hope that they go to confession. They're, they're cleansed of that on their souls before they die. Okay, well, that's it for today. Until next time, keep swimming against the stream.